You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Welcome to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. As always, I'm joined by my guy, Joey Cole. How are you doing, Joe? Big man, I'm very well. How are you? I'm, I'm good, mate. I'm good. You're looking good today, Joe. Like, you've done so yeah, good for I'll, your hair, haven't you? I'll put a bit of swaz on my barnet, mate, Ash. I've brushed it. How's that sound <laughs> for the show? <laughs> it's a little soft hiding, I'll tell you. Yeah. It's like, it surprised it, a lot of people. People thought oh, I'd have, I've had less, less hair than this, mate, but it's, uh, it's coming you, back. But I might, I, listen up, I, I might get the new lawn laid like Rooney in a few months' time. Who knows? <laughs> Liven me right up as I go into my 40s. I'll tell you what, mate. I, I didn't think I could even ever say this, but I think it makes you even more handsome. Ah, oh, you're a gentleman, mate. <laughs> you and my mum say that. Not even my, not even my wife. Joe, I've got a treat for you today. Go on. An absolute treat. We are, we're joined by, I think, a legend of the game. He's one of my yeah. favourite players of all time. He, he's, uh, for me, he's my favourite type. He was always that favourite type of footballer. He's someone who left everything out on the pitch. I mean, he describes yeah. himself as the olden day James Milner. He's played for his club. He's played for lots of amazing clubs. Sheffield Wednesday, Leeds, West Brom. He made 18 appearances for England. I give you the amazing man that is Carlton Palmer. Yes, Carlton. Welcome, Carlton. Welcome. How are you doing, Joe? How are you doing, Tom? Nice to hear from you. I wouldn't go that far as calling me a legend. I mean, I, I think I had a decent career, but listen, I, when people talk about legends, you, you're talking about players on a different level, mate. Uh, that, that, that can only be, that term of legend can only be used for cert, for certain elite players. And I'm certainly not one of those. I, I was a good Premier League player, but certainly not a legend. Maybe a legend at Sheffield Wednesday, the club I played for. Mate, when I used to watch you, Carlton, and, and for other teams, when you used to play against me, but as a fan, for me, that you, you you can have your you know your flair plays, your jokes, your, your uh, you, you, you know. I love a player like yourself who put it, left it all out there, who went in, who grafted, who made. That's that's the sort of player. As a fan, that's that's my favourite sort of player. It always has been. It always will be. Someone who plays for the badge, someone who grafts, someone, and and you could play a bit as well, Carl. And I remember a couple of absolute bangers that you scored over the years. Well, if you look at what's happened since I've retired. The, the position I used to play or the way I used to play has become that position that, that if you get the right player in that position, you win the league title. You know, it's, 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 you know, your flair players, you need your flair players, but without your Colton Palmers, without your Contis, without your, 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 you know, those type of players, you know, you, you look at, uh, um, uh, Man City, they've struggled since, uh, uh, Torre's gone in terms of I know they've they've gone on and done well, but they've not been as fluent since they've lost the centre back and then Torre. You, you you've got your your bread and butter players who allow your Joe Coles and your Chris Waddles and your your, your players with sublime ability to you give them a platform to go and play. You know if you look at Man City, their 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 rebirth as you like this season in the Premier League has, has come on the back of them not conceding goals. Because it gives a platform for De Bruyne and 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 fair players to to go and express themselves. Did you find that Joe when when you had obviously you had the, you had Makaleli there for that for that yeah. amazing Chelsea side that was oh. and he was a sort of and obviously the the bat line there was unreal wasn't it Yeah is is it as a flair player knowing you've got that behind you that's a, that must mean a massive thing Yeah Yeah you you have so many different components of a team and I'm trying to my, my, my son he, he 
he loves his football. He's watching his football. He's asked me what different roles play and who's the most important player. And there's no most important player. Colton's right. And, and, and Colton's pro, 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 18 times for England. So you have to have a level of ability to play for your country. So Colton I, I was, the old, was the antithesis of the player. I, I hated playing against Colton Palmer's of this world because they're there and he, he was so athletic, so strong, you know, like a Vieira. You know, where any time you're in that vicinity of them, when they can, they win the ball and they get it and they move it on quickly. So you ain't got a time to get it back. So you need all types of players. And Colton Palmer in that era, especially in the nineties, was the was the best of type of his box to box midfielder breaking up play. And that Sheffield Wednesday team that he played for, I loved watching that. I mean, mainly because of your, your Chrissy Waddle was one of my favourite. But they was they had you know he had. You had was it Sheridan in the midfield? Carlton, yourself, um, uh, Warhurst, all these players. Remember that night when nineties football yeah, when I was yeah. growing up, and I and I also remember I've just recently rewatched the Graham Taylor documentary. Yeah. That is amazing. Watch for anyone out there who's listening. Go and go on YouTube and watch that, and you'll see see the evolution of football over the years. Did you ever play against each other? Yeah, of course I played against Joe when he played for West Ham, when he played for Chelsea. I mean, uh, Joe's a terrific player, top player. Um, but, you know, over the years, you see the way, you know, I, I listen to pundits now, I listen to managers now, and, and you think the game's been reinvented. The game's simple. All of a sudden, we're talking about holding midfield players, attacking midfield players, number nine mm-hmm. positions. As far as I'm concerned, yeah. you've got defenders, midfield players, and attackers. In our day, if you, you go back, Nigel Clough could play at centre-back, play at centre-forward. He's a football player. Nigel Pearson, Nigel Pearce could play left-wing, he could play left-back, he could play centre-back. Mm. And people now are getting pigeonholed into, into certain positions that you've got to have. You, you've got to be, you know, a complete midfield. You've got, you've got to be a complete footballer. You've got to understand the game. And so you should be able to play in any position that the manager would ask you to play on a football field. The game's become a bit complicated for me now. I, I, I really, you know, I, d- I don't like watching... I pick and choose the teams I want to watch now. I like to watch a Man City in full flow the way that Pip likes them to play because that's the way you, we used to play, you know? Maybe it's because it's become so much of a result-based interest industry as we've seen with, yeah. with Frank just getting the sack. Maybe that pressure is coming to it, which is stifled the game. But it's not like, it, I wouldn't, I, 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 and this is and on heart, for all the money that's around in, in, the, in the Premier League now, I'd rather have played in my era. I mean, that, that, that's, I'm going to jump on that point straight away uh, there, Carlton, because obviously this is, you know, it's massive. It's really, really big news. And I think that, yeah, there's a couple of points you've made there about how football's changed and, and the you know, implications. So I'm going to go to you, Joe, obviously, because you're, you know, Good powers with Frank. I mean, for me, that it's completely rocked me that news. But I mean, have you spoke to Frank at all? Has he been in touch? I spoke. I messaged Frank on on Saturday, just the usual one. Good luck for the game against Luton, and you know, for the life, I, I didn't see it coming. And now, when I step back at it and I put my pundit head on, and I know the history of Chelsea. You know, I was there for seven seven years. So, and now looking back at it, you can see you almost feel a bit soppy for not seeing it coming because that's the culture of the club. Um, they've gone through managers and, and Roman and his team and his directors would argue that the fact that they've Chelsea, since Roman's come into the job, no club has won more trophies than Chelsea. And that's a fact. So 
you know, logic tells you you need stability. You need football men in your club trying to build a culture. And that was what I felt from the outside. I thought Frank done done a terrific job and I felt he tried to build a culture. Like all the things we probably talked about as players that we felt could improve the club. You know, we, we was lucky we played in a team that won things and everything and it was great. But there's also things we said, well, if we could just get this this character in the building, this this type of play, this it, it you know, he was trying to implement that and he was and he's bringing through Reese James, Callum Hunter Nadoy, Tammy Abraham, you know, Chelsea Chelsea players through and through and they was building it and he and it, Possibly overachieved last year. You know, when you're blooding that much younger, it don't always youngsters. It don't always work. So, getting to the FA Cup final and finishing fourth. Yeah, no, I thought he overachieved last year. If you'd have said to me last year, and I actually did a uh, when I was working on TV in, for Astro Sports, I said last season if Chelsea finished eighth, they would have done well under Frank. But so to achieve what he did to finish fourth. Get a Champions League spot and get to an FA Cup final. He deserves more than five games. But it makes you think, right, why did they give the job to Frank? Look back at it now. Not able to go into the transfer market. Give the job to Frank. Bring Jody Morris in, right? They can get the youth players, get the best out of the youth players because Jody knows them well. Frank had taken a couple of boys to Derby on loan. Get him in there. We'll give him a little bit of time. If he done well, fair enough. If he didn't, then we'll get him out. Because that's what they've done, and I think it's it's cruel what they've done. And and do, do you know what? As as a, as a manager, when you're trying to implement something and you start to do something, you need the backing. Solskjaer's had the backing of Man United when it was a massive job to when Alex Ferguson first left. That was always mm. going to be a massive job to rebuild the football mm. club. So you you've got to have some patience and time. I would have bet everything I own that if they've let Frank in charge, that they would have finished in the Champions League spot this season. They wouldn't have won the league, but they would have finished in the Champions League spot. I 100% believe that. I agree with that, Carl. You know, the thing for me, Carlton, as well, and Joe, that, that I find is that I think, you know, exactly what Carlton said, I think bringing these, you know, Frank was there, Jody was there to bring these young players through. And I think at most clubs, that's fine, right? I think at che- and as an outsider as well, who's someone who's not got a lot, lot of love for Chelsea necessarily, I actually felt that made Chelsea a very likeable team. They're bringing youth players through. Mm. It felt like the essence of the club had changed, but it hasn't, has it? I think you made a good point, right? And it's a real tough one to me to talk about because I know everyone involved. Do you know what I mean? I, I know, obviously, Frank, I know Petr Cech, I know Jody. I know that the owner, I know the the board members, so it's it's it's, t- it, it's a tough one to come in. But I've got to say, what I feel they would argue it's not a problem because you, Chelsea have won everything over the last twenty years more than anyone. So the people making decisions will argue it's not a problem. But the problem has always been at Chelsea. I feel players at the club have too much of a too much of an opinion on what's going on, they have too much, like, they have like a direct line to the people upstairs and I feel that this has happened f- for a long, long time. I mean, my time at Chelsea, you know me to now, Tom, yeah. seven years, I've never spoke to a director. Yeah. I've never spoke to a board, while well, I've been playing in, in the sense like, you know, if I'm not in the team, I knuckle down, I get on with it and I get back in the team. If I'm playing well, you know, I leave, I leave, I left all that to other people. So the problem at Chelsea, and, and in my opinion is, that needs to ch- change if there's going to ever be continuity, because I feel the sacking of Frank was the harshest out of all of the sackings of the managers, because he's not had a bad spell in 18 no. months. He took a team from nothing, 
nothing, lost their best player, no no recruitment's coming through, and he's built them into something. And I feel, it feels the harshest sacking out of all the Chelsea managers. And again, people will throw that at me. Well, he's your mate. You, you've got emotion, emotional tie to him and things like that. And yeah, I'll say, yeah, fair enough, maybe. But when I think logically and I think, right, if I'm a trainer of Chelsea, that needs to stop. With two, if Tuchel's to be a success, that needs to stop. Where the next, in six, seven months' time, there's going to be, there's going to be 11 players left out the team, right? For whatever, there'll be three or four of them really out of form, you know, not producing to their levels because that's the nature of the beast. That's football. You know, now they can't go through their agents or go through to anyone else and start utterings of being discontent and letting that fester. And then, because I feel that there's an influence that goes on and it wouldn't have happened, for instance, in the 90s. It just wouldn't have happened. It wouldn't have happened probably in the 90s. Imagine Ferguson. No if he would have found out three or four of his players' agents were talking to... You know, and that's just what I want to see. And it's, no, I'm not, it's not a bad thing to say. Exactly, it's not a bad thing to say about... The, the way that the system is at Chelsea, like I said, because they can all sit there and and argue that they've been successful. And I'd say, yeah, well, you know, you, you've got to roll your hands up to that. But if I want the club to be more successful, it's got to be stability. And I just feel that there's a mistake was made um, letting Frank go. I don't know much about Tuchel, but hopefully time will tell whether I'm right or wrong on that. I mean, arguably, Carlton, like Carlton I'd look at that and think about Tuchel. He made an OK run at PSG. He's he's not smashed it to the level that you, I look at him and go oh yeah oh wow he's he's a next he's not like um, is it Algieri from uh, Juventus or someone like that where you're going oh yeah he's a world class coach I think he's good too Shell but I, I don't I I don't know if it's that step up from Frank no but the problem you've got here right and this changed um, you know in the inception of the Premier League right the, the before the managers were in control. The Fergusons, the George Grahams, those type of managers, they were in control of the football club. The players now run the football club because now if you've signed four or five players, you're paying them, say you're paying them between 175 to 300 grand a week, which is easier to get rid of, the manager or the players. So that's what happens. And that's where the problem comes in. My worry is I, I was so pleased when they decided to go with, with Frank because I thought, you know what? They can't go into the transfer market. Look at the players that Chelsea have had all the years. They've had De Bruyne. De Bruyne went from Chelsea and, and lost his way. I, I remember seeing De Bruyne as a kid playing in the Hong Kong Sevens and he'd lost his way, went to Germany and come again because these kids need to play. Tommy Abrams has been in Villa, set the place on fire, scoring goals. You know, he's, he's then come back, he's done it in the Premier League. He won't get a look in now at Chelsea now with the new manager because the results become the most important thing. And that's where the problem is now. Two things, it's the players now are in control with the money because if they decide they're unhappy, they down tools, the manager's going to go. You know, it, it, it's, it's so difficult now being a manager because you haven't got time. You know, you look at Frank, he's had five defeats. I played in the Sheffield Wednesday team that went to two cup finals. I think we didn't win a, a game in the first 10 games. The manager would have got the sack under these circumstances, but yet we finished in the Premier League and went to two cup finals. But what I don't agree with, and I agree with you, Joe, I have never, even in my course of life, I follow a, a, a train. If I'm unhappy, I go and see the manager. If, if then I want to take it further, I will say to the manager, listen, I want to speak to the chairman. 
if I'm in my job now, I will still go to whoever's the next person in charge before going further. But some of these players now, they get the agents, they go straight to the chairman, bypass the manager. Now, the manager can only pick 11 players. If you're at the top club, you need a big squad because you want to challenge on all fronts with the Champions League. You've got players who play for their country. You want to challenge on all fronts, so you can't keep every player happy. And it's like Joe said, players have to be honest with themselves. Am I out the team because I'm not playing well? If I'm not, we'll knuckle down and get on with it. But they don't. There's like, oh, well, because I've been bought for 50, 60 million, I should be playing. No, you should be playing because you deserve to play. Do you think then, on, on that basis as well, Carlton, that the one I can't get made around is Ke- Kepper, the goalkeeper, right? It seems like there's been a massive thing with him and the relationship's broken down with Frank, da da da. I'm like, d- he can't complain about that because he was arguably the worst pre- uh, goalkeeper in the Premier League last year. He was terrible. Yeah, and yet Frank still carried on. You get Mendy and that, they go on a run where they're not conceding any goals. So how can Kepper then go to a, someone and say, oh, it's unfair the way I've been treated. You've not done it on the pitch. No, and I, and I totally agree with you. And that's the problem now. You know, like I've said to you, players aren't honest about uh, their performances and how they're performing and they think they have a right to be in the team. Players shouldn't have a direct line to the chairman. They should only be allowed to speak to the chairman when they've gone through the manager, if the manager allows them to do. Do you know what I mean? If you did that with Jose Mourinho, you'd never play for the freeze team again or play for him again. I, I mean, I'd, I had plenty of, I had plenty of discussions, arguments with Jose. Like, I think we talked about it before. Like, I really got on with Jose now. I, I love, like, I can't have the, the Jose haters because I, I just like straight talk. I liked it direct, straight, you know, and he would always give me that. And we ended up having a row, but it was never, it was never anything where, you know, I always understood he was the boss. I, I've been sitting here thinking about, because I'm considering, one day stepping into the phrase being management. And when you see things like what happened with Frank, you think to yourself, what, you know, I'll, I'll stick in the studio because it's such a tough job. And I think, how do you, how do you counteract that? So my, my thoughts of Vivi, the first time I stand in front of a team at the start of preseason, you got your team, you got your staff and I, I'll sit down and address it. And I'll, I'll just ask him, listen, chaps, this is how we are. We're all men. Some of you might be 37, some of you might be 16, 17, but we're men. Once you step, once you pull that shirt and you're a man, you're playing, you could be playing against men. I'll say, right, do you want me to treat you with kids' gloves or do you want me to always give you my honest opinion? My door's always open. I'm going to have to play 11 of you, three subs, and there's going to be seven or eight of you disappointed. Some of you will be injured. There will always be an open line of conversation, communication with me as a manager, and I will always give you a reason for why I'm leaving you out of the team. You have to have that communication with your players and the chairman or the owner has to understand that this is what it is. And as soon as the, 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 the owners or the chairman or the board start getting involved into footballing decisions, questioning your, your, your team selection, they're not there every day of the week. They're not there watching training. They're not there analysing the, the, the way that the players behave around a training ground. They don't know the group, the dynamic. So as soon as that, that... That's very clear for me. For a successful football club, it needs... Owners, boards, deal with the business side of things. You have to have trust in your manager to choose the team, select the tactics, how how set the, the culture around the club from day to day. And the players have to buy in. And I say, listen, if I tell you you're not playing because you're not playing well or you're not training well, you're not doing this, you've got to accept that. And if you don't accept that, then you're not right for this club. And that's, that's Joe, what, Joe, what I've come to in I'm my head. Sorry, mate. So, I'm sorry, mate. I'm sorry, mate. It won't work, mate. Go on. It won't work, mate. Honestly. 
I've been there. I've been a manager of two. Really? Yeah, it won't work, mate. I'll tell you yeah. now, I've been a manager of two clubs. You ask my missus, she's in the other room now. When I resigned from Mansfield, she said to me, Carlton, do me a fucking favour. If a chairman rings you up again, tell him mm. you're interested. Right? I, I was manager of Mansfield Town, right? You've got a budget. <laughs> my budget was what the budget was. To get promoted out of that league, you needed to have a budget of 1.5, 1.6 million. Yet the crowd want you to get the club promoted. So if you if you go if you go to the to, to the PFA now, you can get the budgets of every football club. And if you go through the leagues, all the way through the leagues, yeah. without fail, the top four teams or the top five teams are the biggest revenue that uh, over all the teams in that club in, in the leagues. Right? That's fact. There's no mm. argument with that. So if you've not got the biggest revenue to get promotion out of League One or the Championship or whatever, it's not going to happen unless you're there for time to have uh, to bring through young players. You've got a problem now. I'm, a, I'm in charge of Mansfield Town in League Two. I've got I've got players who who are driving Range Rovers, and and, and I know what they're earning. My top players pay players on sixteen hundred pounds, and he's coming in in a seventy grand, eighty grand Rover Range Rover. It won't listen to what you say. You've got a squad of twenty two players. Right, 22 players, right? Some, a lot of them are young players. You take a player from Arsenal on loan, as I did, or one of the Premier League clubs on loan, and they think they're too good to come and play at your club. And then you've got a, the, the, the added bonus now of that you can't lose two or three games. You can't chuck a young kid in. I would never have played in, and, and had the career I did if Big Ron didn't have the ability to throw me in as a 17, 16 year old kid at West Brom to see how I did and leave me in for a few games and not worry about it because the performance, he was always worried about performance and developing football players. That has all gone, Joe. What is it about now? It's a simple, and that's why Jose manages the way he does because he understands the, the, the way the game is at the moment, and the game is just results-based. And if you don't treat a player in a certain way, the player, so say, for instance, Deli Ali. I think he's a terrific football player, right? But he's not going to play for Jose Mourinho unless he gets the other side of his game together. But he hasn't got time to be nice to Deli Ali because he won't be in the job long enough. He understands mm. that, you know? So the problem is, Joe, when you go into the football club, you say all those things, you would have got away with it in our era because our era, we had players with integrity, we had players with character, we had players who want to play the game. I hear today... So many players from low down to high up, right? That, you know, they're only playing the game because they can earn a lot of money. Chris Waddle, who was a, 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 one of the best players I've ever played with or witnessed donning a football yeah. pitch, he still plays football league on a Sunday, gets up on a Sunday morning to go and play in shitty pitches to play football because he loves the game of football, right? You ain't got that now, Joe. You haven't got that. So if you're going to go into management, you've mm. got to have that cutthroat mentality. That's why I won't go back into it. You have to have that cutthroat mentality where you go in there, you say to the chairman, right, I'm in charge of footballing matters. Anything else you can take care of. Tell me what your budget is and tell me what you expect for me to achieve. And once he says to you, if he says it's halfway in the table, if he says it's in the playoffs, if you think it's realistic and you can do it, take the job on. And then you've got to go in there and treat every one of those players 
exactly the same as if they would throw you under a bus because that's exactly what they will do if they're not getting your if no they're not getting your own way that's as simple as it is and i for one did not want to manage that way i didn't want to like my missus said to me carlton all you live for is the results on a saturday not the training not the preparations not whatever joe when i played football i loved every bit of it i i loved i loved going into training I loved match day. I, lo- I loved everything about it. Nowadays, as a manager, you're going in there. Uh, you know, I've been there with Nigel Pearson at Leicester. The, the, you know, Nigel Pearson is, I mean, he's just a top, top bloke. Craig Shakespeare's doing the, the training because Nigel's been in hospital, right, with his, with his heart, his blood pressure and everything. And, and, and do you know how many managers are in that same state? Now you're talking player managers in the Premier League. What about their managers who are managers in the lower leagues who are on 25 grand, 30 grand? When I was manager of Mansfield Town, my salary, my wage was 34 grand a year, netted down. My, my, my maintenance was 60 grand a year. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not doing it for the, for, for the fact that I'm earning money. I'm doing it because I love yeah. the game. You're going to put up with all that shit. So Carlton and, and Joe, I mean, I guess, being ready almost is like being sort of like the emperor of Rome. You're just being ready to be stabbed in the back, right? That is what you're, you're there. And I mean, obviously you knew Frank as a player. Frank had an amazing uh, um, relationship with Roman as a player. Yeah, but there's sort of leaks out of the club and people saying that he, he, there was players there who just didn't talk to for months. And, and is that something he's prepping himself in the head to go, this geezer is going to stab me in the back. I don't. I need the close people around me, the people that I know. Whether it's you know your kids he had last year, the people he knows a lot of Frank, mm. and anyone outside he doesn't want to let into that circle. How does that work for you there? And that's for, you know for both of you. What Frank? I felt what Frank was coming to. And, and listen, I, I've known Frank since I was young. I'm, I'm friends with him, but I purposely sort of the job. Whenever you spoke to him, the job takes over your life. A club like Chelsea, so. You know, let him let him get on with things. Little little messages here and there, but from that, really, I'm an outsider, right? You know, yeah. I didn't want to be involved and busy in myself around the club because there's enough there's enough ex players doing that, right? I worked there for a year. To, I did my badges there, and the academy at Chelsea, I've, I've praised it through the hill. It's one of the most elite performance environments for young players in the world. It's brilliant what they do over there. The, 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 and I sort of kept my, my distance purposely because. I felt that was just the right thing to do and let him go on with it. But from an outside perspective, what I saw, what he was trying to do, and I thought thought it was clear today as a football man, he was trying to change the culture of the players within them. And he was, and I, and and the reason I say is, I think he nearly got it because you you had your Callums, your Tammies, your your Reese, your Mason Mount, and Billy Gilmore's, and you you got there's a there was a core ready to be developed and moulded, and then the club could have built round that and brought the quality in. And he just—that's why I think his first bad run is realistically of his of his of his tenure there, eighteen months, and he gets sacked. You have to remember as well, it was only fifty days before he sacking. He was top of the league, you know. And yeah, it, it's just a tough one. It's a tough one to take. And I'm emotionally invested in it because when it's your mates, you want them to do well. So maybe I'm not the right person to analyse this. Maybe Colton have a better view on it than me. But but I just think he was so unlucky because he was trying to get that culture the core culture, right? And Chelsea would have had off the back of that. And they still can 10, 15 years of even more success of what the last 20 years has been. If you get that right. Well, listen, I, I know Frank, um, I'm not as close to him as you are, Joe, but I know Frank, uh, well enough. I mean, we've, we've been, uh, 
we've met up in Dubai and so forth, right? This is not from a personal point of view. This is just me as a as a as a knowledgeable footballing guy. It's a crazy, crazy sacking. You know, you you, you brought him in. I don't believe Frank would have got the job if I'm being honest. If they were allowed to buy money in the transfer market, so they brought him in and they can't they can't do any business in the transfer market, and yet he's delivered fourth place and an FA Cup final place, right? So if he, if he's now developing, because look at those young players, if he can develop those young players, instead of you going out and buying 80, 90 million, you can sell one of these players, you know, bring in 89, 90 million, and then have like Alex Ferguson did, a factory that Man United have had for years and years and years and years. Fergie knew, Fergie's a very clever man. He knew he was going to go. So he didn't start rebuilding and bringing in young players. He dried that side. He, he squeezed every last bit out of that side and then he was off, right? You know, so he could have allowed Frank to do that, right? He's got enough money that, okay, if they don't win the league title this year, no problem. But if they finish, I, I honestly, last year I didn't believe they'd finish in the Champions League. This year, I believe the players, you know, when you're young, you're not used to playing the Premier League. It takes your time to get used to it. Those players were going to settle down. When they settled down, they were going to be good players, right? And I believe that Frank would have gone on to have a very, very good season. So, question to you both now. Um, I mean, I suppose it's the big question is, is what do you think Frank does from here? Well, you know, because that is the job of all jobs, right? The Chelsea job felt like the, mm. the, his job. That's, you know, probably aside England. What what would you say is the next move for him? Big man, right? So, I think Frank, knowing him and know him, he'll dust himself down, and he will become a top manager. A hundred percent, I have no doubt in my mind he'll do that. And also, I was going to throw out there now as a little little asterisk on it as well. Chelsea have reappointed managers before in the past on a few occasions. Jose, it's not out of question. He, he gets back there at some point in the future if he wants it. But knowing Frank, how I know him, he's the most driven. Um, focused football I'd ever seen, um, and I'm just I'm convinced he'll become a top manager, and I, I'm I hope one day Chelsea benefit from that. Well, listen, Frank's Frank's been a top player. If somebody, if anybody does anything in their life and they and they get to the top of it, they they they've got something inside of them that's different to other people. So Frank's got that. Um, you know, it's he's it, going to be. Obviously, bitterly disappointed. Um, but as you say, he'll dust himself down. He's got to now be careful about the next job he takes. You know, like I said, he's got to, he's got to get it right. He's got to get the thing right with the chairman and um, mm. get what his remix right, get the right fit for him, get the right fit for his team and give himself the best chance to go on and be successful. Because listen, it's not just about, um, you know, it's about, if you look at George Graham, and don't get me wrong, I, I think George Graham was a, a really good coach, but he took over at Arsenal at the time when you had the likes of uh, Tony Adams, Ray Parler, uh, Rowcastle, people like that in the reserve team. In that, you know, he brought in Lee Dixon, he brought in um, Big Smudger, Alan Smith, but he had the basis at the football club. And sometimes that's the way you can drop into a situation. Um, so 
he's just got to pick the next job, make sure it's the right job for him. And I'm sure there's no doubt about that. Frank will be a successful football magic, given, given the right circumstances. Well said, mate. Well said. So one of my favourite bits of this show, Carlton, is, uh, and it can get insightful, it can get deep, and it's about the show that me and Joe call What Really Happened. Now, the question that's coming for you is that in 1992, Carlton, Eric Cantona has fallen out with pretty much everyone in France. He decides he wants to move to England. First team he went on trial with was Sheffield Wednesday. Do you have any memories of that? Yeah, I do, yeah. I, I remember um, Eric coming in. Actually, I got on really well with Eric. He was staying in the same hotel as me. Um, he liked to drink and, and, you know, what Eric was about. Even then he had the swagger, you know what I mean? He's uh, he's um, uh, unbelievable. So, oh, unfortunately for Eric... Um, I believe he was recommended by two Trevor Francis by, uh, I think it was M- Michelle Platina. And, um, it was snowing when he came to Sheffield Wednesday. He came for a week. So we, we, we went up to a place called Aurora where they got the Astro turf and, uh, we played, uh, 11 v 11. And, um, there was a free kick just outside the box and, um, Eric was like, you know, he'll take it. John Sheridan was there and whatever, but Eric wanted to take it. So Eric took it and put it in the top bin, you know? And so everybody's looking at it and thinking, fuck you now. But it was a lot of money at the time for him. And they asked him to come back for another week uh, on trial. And he, as Eric does, he says, no, Eric doesn't come on trial and didn't come back. And that's how the story went. I mean, Unbelievable. it must. It must have been an amazing thing just to sort of see after that where his where his career took him and, and what happened to him. I mean, he arguably became the most famous man in the country after that. But, I mean, what an amazing thing just to sort of think of having a trial as Eric Cantona. And, I mean, that, when you both talk about how football's moved on, could you imagine talking to Eden Hazard and saying, mate, you, you, we'll sign you, but you've got to go and have a week's trial. Come for a trial on the Astro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're just, you're just not going to get away with it, are you? Sometimes, unfortunately, with, with big players and big transfers, there is an element of gamble in there. Because, you know, you look at Howard Wilkinson when he signed Tony Yeboah. You know, yeah, he, he, he'd done what he'd done in the Bundesliga and whatever, but it was a huge gamble yeah. and for you, and, 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 and huge money, you know, big transfer fees, big salaries. And look at the success Tony was, but you, but you, but you never know. You talk about one of my favourite ever players there, Colton, in, in Tony Oboa and, and what a player he was and, and what a goal scorer he was. I mean, you know, the, what a highlight reel that is when you watch his goals. There's one thing that I've always wanted to ask you. Is what, in what, was it against Wimbledon? You scored an absolute worldie, right? You scored one of the best goals you ever, and then Tony goes and scores a better goal. Was it Wimbledon, the game? Well, it was Wimbledon, and I'll tell you what, it's an absolute nightmare, to be fair to you. I score an unbelievable goal. I set up two goals and he and he gets <laughs> and gets all the fucking headlines. <laughs> <laughs> he was this is another one of this is actually just a weird thing I got I got told this thing as like, you know, through a football fan, a mate of mine who's a Leeds fan, who told me that he got addicted to Yorkshire puddings, Tony Boa. When he was up there he was eating you know, you Good get the taste. meals. It might, Good taste it might just, Tony. It might just be one of those fans' fucking rumours that they say. But they said to me, you know, you can have get a whole dinner and a Yorkshire pudding. And Tony Oboe would go to the pub. He wouldn't really drink, but he'd just have these Yorkshire puddings and he got right into them. Is that a true thing, Carl? Well, I, I don't know about that. But whoever said Tony don't drink, he does drink. He's been out with me on a few nights drinking. Don't worry about that. He loves it. He loves a little drink, Tony. <laughs> 
It's <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. It's a weird one though, when you think about it's actually a better way of doing things where you get like a trial with a player for a week. If you're spending that kind of money, if you're gonna buy a car, you take it for a test drive. You don't just rock up on yeah. the and go, Oh, I'll take that. So maybe maybe they had it right back then. You had to go and have a little test drive, little week's test and see how things balance out, I guess. Well I think if you're spending the type of money that Eric was gonna be commanding in terms of the transfer of P and his salary. That was unheard of at that time. It's a huge gamble. Um, so, so why not um, get him over for a week? Unfortunately for it, I, I, yeah. I think Sheffield Wednesday probably would have taken Eric if, if he'd have been able to train all week and play. The conditions were terrible. So they weren't, it, to, to take that gamble, I understood why they didn't do it. And if you look at Leeds United, he, he didn't really, in it, the year Leeds won the, the title, Eric was a big part player. You know, he, he was on the bench. He came on for the last 15 or 20 minutes. So it didn't really hit the ground running. There was no question about Eric's ability. I mean, he was a phenomenal football player. But sometimes people need a platform to play on. And, you know, Howard Wilkinson is a, is a great man. And he's a great, uh, you know, I've, I've got a lot of respect for Howard. Mm. But Alex Ferguson, the platform of Man United, it was a stage set for for for, for Eric um, and, and with the players around him to to go on and, and, and have the career that he did have at Old Trafford. OK, well, we've lost Carlton again. Uh, what a great point to leave it on. Um, we will get Carlton Palmer back on the podcast again. What a legend, JC. What an absolute legend of a man. Great player, great uh, character. Do you know what I mean? And he, he, Whenever I listen to Carlton, he's, he's obviously, he, he must be 10 years older than me if so he's on me, but he was that, that, that senior player when I was coming through at West Ham. That kind of um, that energy brings that energy, you know. And I just thought, yeah, 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 it reminds me, brings me back to when I come through, and I come through with like, you know, your Ian Wright, your Neil Ruddock, your you know, your Winter Burns, your Pierces, like the them old players who come from that school, which schooled me, which taught me the rights and wrongs, and and um, <laughs> sometimes not always the rights and the wrongs got mixed up. Big razor, but. Um, <laughs> I like I like the energy in that. Well, I want to end this on a real, real before we go to predictions. On I mean, as you can imagine, I've been buzzing all week because Champions League we're having a laugh. West Ham, mate, <laughs> is it? I mean, mate, I said I I, I half joked about the title, didn't I? Four weeks ago on on on, yeah. on BT Sport when I was doing my show, and um, Jake gave me a little bit, and I'm like, I look at all the, listen. That's, I, I was joking title-wise because there's so many great sides, but what this is this is as good a West Ham side as I've seen for a long, long time. Barama, um, Suchek, I, 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 I love him. Um, you know, I was, I was talking to Noble about the team and the players, and he was like, "Joe, this is this is even at that start when they was, he said, listen, we have got some some proper players here. This is a very, very good team, and they come through a difficult spell.'" Rode it out, and I'm, I'm so pleased for, for for the fans and for Moisey. And well, we talked about management here, right, mm. Joe, with uh, with Carlton and yourself there, and 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 I think it is worth saying that the stick, you know, West Ham fans, you know, me included to an extent. When David Moyes came back mm. in, we weren't necessarily all like over the moon about that and as a club moving forward. I think now all of us should be forced, you know, to eat our hats, eat our words, because he, he he's not only he's not only you know, puts with fourth in the league, but it's, we're hard to beat. But at times we're playing. Mm. For me, we're playing good football. You know, there, there's. I mean, how, how high did you rate yeah, Moyes? He's, he's, 
in this crazy game, we've seen Frank get sacked. You know, Carlton, big Carlton, talking about Nigel Pearson got sacked at that sh- absurd time by Watford and see where, where they are at the moment. Um, you know, David Moyes, you don't, like him, again with Carlton playing for him, you don't manage that many games at the top level without being a top, top manager. And David Moyes is a top manager. And I'm so pleased that the club recognised it, held on to him. You know, because fa- fans can allow to, to, to shoot from the hips and be emotional. And listen, David Moyes is never going to be Harry Redknapp or a, an Al- you know a West Ham legend like an Alvin Martin or a, you know someone Paolo Di Canio who come and took the job. All the fans would love it, but he knows how to manage a Premier League football club, and he's slowly building West Ham. I hope the owners not only just stick by him, but help him bring the right characters in the door that can step up. Imagine big man Champions League football at West Ham. Oh, man. Barcelona coming to town or Real Madrid coming to town. I, th- I th- the interesting thing as well is what he did with Everton. I think Everton he uh he had that strong mm. team like the team we are now. It was strong, hard to beat. And then he slowly brought in your mm. Arteta as he brought in players who could play a bit and yeah, I mean it's it's so <laughs> genuinely so exciting for the first time in a long time. I probably si- genuinely since you guys you, you that team that yeah. Harry brought through yeah. of you lot, you know, that was the last time I remember thinking, you know, maybe that last season under Billich at the bowling, but you sort of even then it was yeah, you know, it felt it was a different yeah. feeling to this. It felt feels like you've really got an experienced yeah. man in control, and 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 you know, yeah. yeah, from your mouth to God's ears, big man. I'd love to see it. I'd love to. I can't, and I just can't wait to get back into the stadiums and watching football again and seeing all the fans. Yeah, going and I think I think when the West Ham fans come back into the Olympic Stadium, when they go back in there, it will feel different for the fans. They'll because they got a team they can get behind. They got a manager they can get behind. And I think it'll it, the place will ignite again. The atmosphere, you know, all them all the yeah. talk about Upton Park, all of that will slowly dissipate into the past and go and make it make it your home. And I think uh, that's where we're going. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited. So one thing, I, you know, should it be Champions League? Should it be the champion winning the league? Mate, I can't wait to have that oh, first mate, pint over at the London Stadium. Mate, it'd be brilliant. Can, we, can you imagine oh, a drink where we can have Joe? We'd get Big Carlton in, that'd be a good, it'd be, it'd be a good on a night out as well, oh, wouldn't it? Big Carlton, he'll <laughs> love it, mate. Listen, this is, so I'm going to go from right. me and you, very right. happy about this, right, to talking about saying there's been a bit yeah. of a kick in the guts for me this week. Last week, so week before last, prediction-wise, JC gets 0% <laughs> right, right? This oh, week, God. this week, Joe Cole gets three oi, oi. out of three correct. It's unreal. Gareth Barry also got three out of three. I mean, there's a, there's an argument. There's a, quite a few people on Twitter who said you have Listen, copied Gareth Barry. He's a good man to copy. So. He's just like the geezer, isn't he? Like, <laughs> smooth. I copy JB any time. And I've got one out of three. So, look, it's not looking great for me. We go into this weekend, right? I'm going to let you go first, by the way, because I've okay. seen you. Okay. Yeah. All right. Okay. Here we go. Three games. First up. Arsenal v Man United. I'm going to do the odds this week because well, I think it's worth seeing the odds. Arsenal versus Man United with Coral. 15 to 8 for Arsenal. Draw 5 to 2. Man United 29 to 20. I'm going to go Arsenal. <coughs> Just off the back, I think, I think, I, I love what Ole's done at Man United. I think he's doing a good job, but I do think they're, 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 they're slightly punching above their weight for where they are. I think Arsenal, they, they, they a game like this will suit them a little bit more open. So I'm going to back Arsenal. I'm going to go draw with that. Yeah, that was my next bet. I don't think United will win. 
No, I don't, I've got a feeling mm. I won't. So now we're going to go Leeds versus Leicester. Leicester 17 to, uh, 17 to 20, draw 14 to 5, Leeds 3 to 1. Again, two good teams, exciting. I'm, I can't split them, I want to go draw. Oh, well, yeah. I, you wanted a draw, I've got a weird you? feeling on this. It's a difficult... Uh, it's difficult, mate. I'm, I might go... I might just plump for it and go Leeds. In my head, it's Leeds. We've had Carlton Palmer. He's a Leeds yeah. legend. I'm going to go Carlton. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go, for Carlton Palmer, that is. I'm going to go Leeds. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> top of the fight table. Champions League clash. West Ham versus Liverpool. West Ham 16-5. to five, Draw 11-4. to four, Liverpool 4-5. Four That's all with Coral. I'm going to go... And you're going to hate me for doing... Oh, no, no, I'm not. No, oh, I was going to go... I'm going to go draw. I think it'd be a good draw go for West Ham. Ham. Yeah, of course you I want to go West Ham. I knew you were going to go West Ham. I can't, gonna, I can't back not, against West Ham, even in this game, the way they're playing. Draw. I'm not only going to say West Ham, I'm going to tell you the score as well. Go on, then. Go on. It's going to be 2 0 West Ham. Mate, that is, that's bold. That is massively I, bold. Antonio is going to be having a party. Well, what, Last what, what couple of times we played him price? before we. There's someone in your ear giving you a price, I know, for that. <laughs> uh, so West Ham to win 2 0 against Liverpool. It's 25 to 1. I'm going to jump on that. Okay, mate. I hope you're right. That's with Coral. I hope you're right. Listen, JC, it's been an absolute honour and a joy chatting to you. Uh, as always, you've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. I've been Tom Davis. He's been Joe Cole. See you next time. What's with a Barry White voice? <laughs> <laughs> you've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. <laughs>